This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, we have a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of explaining to do, Josh. I'm inserting the whole like the rewind sound. Mm -hmm. Going back to last week when it was all systems go, everyone's firing off their wild cards. And now everything is completely, well, everything is the same but different at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty different, though, I would say. I mean, I, we, we spent 90 minutes, and yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, it's funny because we're actually going to talk about this a lot in the podcast. This, this podcast is basically like a wild card, double gaming strategy, you know, like you said, it's kind of like a rewind or like a, it's, it's like, a, it's a, if you had a VHS tape, we're sort of taping over last week's episode. Sure. You so know? last week's episode was the wild card special. This is the wild card redux. Right. Let's try it again. Exactly. So, um, you know, the, the fixtures came through, uh, the double game week fixtures, that is, uh, these are the games that we'd be played in game week 34, which is two weeks from now. Um, and we expected something like, 12 teams uh, to have double game weeks, maybe even more, right? Was it 12 teams? Um, And it turns out it's only going to be eight teams that have double game weeks, which um, some of these teams were pretty big teams, teams that a lot of people were either planning to bring in on their wild card or um, have been holding on to because they knew this was coming. Like, for example, with me, you know, one of the reasons I was holding on to Mkhitaryan was because I knew I wanted him for that double game week. Now, granted, it's worked out fine for me. I picked up, you know, plenty of points with him in my squad, luckily, but... um, No big deal. But someone like Raheem Sterling, I might have dropped Sterling for um, for Sané a couple of weeks ago, you know. But I, I knew that the Man City had a double – or I thought they had a double gaming game in 34. So, yeah. um, so I, you know, I feel like there's, you know, sort of the elephant in the room here, which is that it, this is almost like the 2016 election in America where, <laughs> like, a lot of prediction sites started to pop up. A lot of people started sure, to Sure, the 538 make, Nate Silver style, trying ex- to predict the, the outcome of the votes in every state in the union. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, you know, disingenuous to claim that we weren't using um, some of those prediction resources, you know. Um, I mean, you know. It was always taken with a grain of salt. I mean, no one really knew what was going to happen. Um, But I've seen some people kind of get angry about it. And I just feel like, 
you know, it's just, um, you know, we make predictions on here, too. And, you know, God knows if you listen back to our podcast in Game Week 18 or 22 or whatever, I mean, you just hear like some hilariously wrong things, you know, but this is this is how flashback, Josh, to our our season preview in which I claimed that Mo Salah would be, quote, wildly inessential. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is, you know, but this happens in sports all the time, too. I mean, it's very hard to be accurate when you're trying to make predictions. You want to make predictions and you want to help people out. Um, but things, you know, things, you always have to take the stuff with a grain of salt. You always have to use your own mind, um, and, and not get angry at people who are providing, in many cases, free resources, right? I yeah, mean, ben, right, Krell, no, ben, sure. ben Krelling wasn't charging anybody for his, his charts. These were just, you know, charts that he was making up, um, you know, based on his best estimate of when these matches were. You know, can't blame him for that. Um, just like, I hope no one blames us for making mistakes in some of our podcasts. <laughs> Sure. And and that's part of what I think people love about the FPL community is is by virtue of the game, it it requires stats and formulas and prediction models and all that sort of thing. And we're lucky enough to have this community in which people get excited about sharing the information, talking about the information. So um, I guess we can't lose sight of that's kind of what makes the FPL community special. Exactly. Every article, whether it's, you know, a Reddit discussion, Fantasy Football Scout, our podcast, uh, Facebook groups you might be on, conversation with your friends, whatever. You know, it's this stuff is all just kind of there's a lot of guesswork involved. It's fantasy. You know, I mean, a lot of it is it's hard to predict even even when we know what the fixtures are. Right. It's hard to it's hard to get everything right. And so, you know, the fun of this stuff is just to. You know, as you listen to podcasts, read these articles, you should be sort of sorting out in your own head, you know, what you think the right decision is, you know, and or or at least taking everyone's advice with a grain of salt with the understanding that they don't actually know um, that they're just guessing or making a best guess or whatever. So, but I I guess, yeah, yeah, uh, but just to just attack one more point on that, I think we're all at this point of almost exhaustion thinking about the end of the season. It's been a long season. <laughs> yeah. Now there, there are just so many moving pieces. <laughs> Still, the double game weeks aren't worked out. There's the blank game week in 35. There are new chips. Everyone's head is spinning. <laughs> and we're look at, I, I don't think everyone's looking for the right answer. They're just looking for some help to make it a, a little easier, a little yeah. so that it can be more fun by, by virtue of it being yeah. easier, right? It, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the free hit chip, right? Is that what made it harder? I mean, I agree with you. Everyone, everyone wants to be easier. I think the free hit chip, which is basically like a third wild card, is what yeah. has really made things more complicated, right? Yeah, right, right. Because if you think about it from last season, it was all going toward we know we're going to have two double game weeks. And still, we right. do know that. Right. And all we have to deal with is triple captain and bench boost. Exactly. Now it's, you play in those two. You play one in game week 34, one in game week 37, and that was it. Yeah, you know? right, right. Which I guess we still have to talk about later in this episode. I think there are some pretty valid questions. We still don't know when exactly we're going to deploy those chips. Right. I was talking to Andy on um, Andy uh, making a second appearance in two weeks um, uh, on the um, on Twitter this week, and uh, I was talking about how much I'd love to ha- see a first half chip. You know, like I mean, I don't want it to be too complicated for you know for new man. Every year there's millions of new managers. I don't want it to be this super complicated thing but if there was some way that there was a chip that expired in game week 18 like like your first wild card expires you know um and just force people to maybe it's maybe it's one designated chip it's not even one of the three um i do think that might add a little more variety you know so um yeah i don't know i don't know if they'll do that or not but you know a lot of people complain about the all-out attack chip and that went away so um yeah. keep, keep complaining There's power people. we have the power <laughs> complaining <laughs> <laughs> protest people um all right so international break happening right now 
I don't know that there's really a lot of news to share. I mean, you know, David Silva is out for personal reasons, and I think, um, you know, you can Google what those are. They're pretty, it's yeah. pretty heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he's still, um, hopefully everything's okay there. Uh, Jack Wilshire picked up another knee injury. I don't know if anyone was really looking <laughs> at him anyway. Uh, Emery Chan. Yeah, the glass man himself. Yeah. Uh, Emery Chan, still a doubt for the um, March 31st match. Um, Christensen uh, picked up possible knock. There was some news on Mares too that he might have had one, but it looks like he's probably fine. Um, and uh, so that's that's it. You know, I always yeah. These are these news. are air quotes international break injuries, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, some, exactly. Sometimes these guys just want to go home, yep. or sometimes they're they or their clubs are prioritizing league over international matches. Exactly, or not, or just not even risking yourself before the World Cup, right? Which is you know what, like three months away now, so. Um, less than that, maybe two, two, yeah. two and a half months. Crazy! I can't believe the World Cup is. Two I and gotta half say, away. the uh, the Christensen knock is the most annoying of this list. Uh, <laughs> for those of us who are on their wild card, he is a, he is an incredible enabler. Mm-hmm. As Chelsea have two double game weeks coming up. I mean, you know, let's we now have to caveat all of this talk with right. we don't know exactly when the next double is going to be, but. Um, if he has even the the slightest whiff of not being totally healthy, Antonio Conte does have options there. So it does. It just that's the one that scares me. Yeah, it's annoying too because David Silva is or not uh, David Luiz is still not totally healthy, but he's supposed to be back um, in the next few days. So it's like you can't really take the risk there. I don't know. That 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 is an annoying one. I mean, it's it's not a problem I have in my own particular team, but. Uh, I can see how that would be. Um, all right, so we've got a um, – so this is basically, as we said at the top of the podcast, uh, another wild card double game week episode. It's it's really for everybody, though. I don't think it's really this, – this one's going to be less focused on wild card, more focused on how do you plan for the final seven weeks of the season, no matter how many chips and cards – or ch- chips yeah. and cards, how many, no matter how many chips you have left, um, what's the right strategy? Um, so we're going to break it up into two two parts. Um, we're actually going to get right into the episode right now, which is uh, the first part is um, basically like big picture thinking about the wild card, uh, about playing a wild card in the double game weeks. Um, and I suppose yeah. you could include the chips in there as well. Uh, the second part of it is going to be a lightning round. We had a ton of questions about um, players like, should I have a triple up on the Burnley defense? Should I go with, you know, Sun versus Mares, things like that. And so we're just going to run through a lot of those questions. Maybe this is the second week in a row, we just had awesome questions from um, from people on uh, Slack, Facebook, and Twitter. So um, lots of good questions to get to. We want to get to as many as possible. And we don't have a, a game week to talk about. I mean, we have game week 32, we'll talk about just a little bit at the end. Um, but I think we can really get into it in this episode. So um if you, These are life or death questions, Josh. They feel pretty serious. I put some actual work into my some of my. <laughs> I, I actually wrote down some responses to some of these questions. Yeah, uh, I've got a true blue yeah. sticky note here floating on my desktop. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get right into it. Um, so these are these are uh, the big picture questions. We do want to talk a little bit about who has double game weeks in thirty four. It's it, I feel like it's kind of hard, like when you yeah. say it out loud to. Sure. Keep it in your head, but why don't you talk a little bit about who actually has double game weeks in 34? Right. Okay. So eight teams in a game week 34 have doubles. I'll just read the list, and then Josh, maybe you can say which teams jump out sure. at you that are that are particularly uh, tasty. So Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester City, Manchester United, Southampton, Spurs, Burnley, and Bournemouth. So if you could pick three teams out of that list to heavily invest in. Um, coming into game week 32, looking at those doubles, who are they going to be? It, it's it's kind of tricky to talk about all this stuff um, because 
you know, seven of those eight teams you just listed have blanks in game week 35. So you kind of have to decide, you know, are you going to go all in on those teams and then possibly play um, like the free hit chip in game week 35? Or do you want to just make sure you have enough coverage for game week 35 that you can field a smaller team, right? This is game week 35 isn't quite as bad as game week 31. looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's 12, there's 12 teams that play in game week 35. So you can definitely have nine or 10, you know, players, even if you, even if you decided to play the free hit chip in 35. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, I think that the uh, rub there though, is that it's, it's so much harder to play the doubles in 34, because as you said, if all the players that have doubles in 34 are blanking in 35. Yeah. So while there are yeah. great teams like Arsenal and City for 35, there are no doubles. So, yeah. yeah, as you as we started this, it's all about balance. So my initial read when it was announced that Arsenal, Man City, West Ham, uh, et cetera, didn't have doubles in Game Week 34 was that this was a complete disaster uh, for managers who have already played their wild card. I mean, I think I have like two players who are <laughs> who have uh, double Game Week fixtures in Game Week 34. Um, so, you know, it's, it was really an issue. And I think, you know, I think long term though, it's, it kind of worked out okay because it's forcing managers to either, you know, managers who are already, who are, who have their wild card still, they're wild carding now, right? Cause their team is just, you know, a bit of a disaster or they already started playing their wild card before the double game week fixtures were announced. Um, <laughs> Whoops. or they're waiting until game week 36 or 37 which which is fine, and that gives them a huge edge. But it also means that for you know for three or four weeks now, they're not going to be able to take advantage of a fresh team, right? They're still going to be maybe with a team that's a little overloaded on game week thirty one players. They might have to burn you know burn points. Um, it might still be the right strategy, but it's not like it's not like it was even last week, where it seemed like you really could set yourself up for the doubles mm-hmm. and for, for for both doubles in game week thirty four and thirty seven. I think that it's equalized things a little bit. What it's done for me as someone who's already played. Uh, my wild card, but already has all three, but still has all three chips. Um, I pretty much have to play a free hit chip in game week 34. Now, I don't know how else I'd do it. Um, and like, I just, uh, otherwise I'm just going to get destroyed in game week 34. <laughs> I mean, just totally <laughs> creamed. So I, yeah. so what I've decided is I'm going to make my transfers with game weeks 32, 33, 35, and 37 in mind. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be ba- basically focusing on teams that can give me points the next two game weeks, um, and then I'm not going to worry too much about game week 34. But I am going to try to pick up players who have doubles in game week 37. So that is Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, Swansea, and West Ham. Now of that mix, Arsenal definitely have the. And this is this is when we we assume. The, the Game Week 37 fixtures actually haven't been announced yet. I don't know if anyone's even still with us here. It's very complicated. But <laughs> the Game Week, we assume that that all the fixtures, all the doubles that haven't been announced are going to be played in Game Week 37. This is how it's been for years and years, um, the, kind of the way they work it out if there's Champions League fixtures and the other, you know, uh, midweek games. Um, so, um, so Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, Swansea, and West Ham, uh, as well as Huddersfield, actually. Uh, but you don't want Huddersfield because they play away to Man City and Chelsea. <laughs> Um, yeah. So Arsenal looks really tempting. Um, I think Man City is is tempting but scary, right? Because um, you know they could yep. still be playing for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, exactly. They have they have a lot to play for still. Also, they could have locked the they have a lot to play for in the Champions League, and they have almost nothing to play for uh, in the in the Premier League. Um, yeah. So that that one's a little tricky. I think 
I can't imagine not being tripled up on Arsenal, um, certainly as we get close to um, Game Week 37. Uh, I think Newcastle, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's some potential there, maybe. Um, I mean, they're not a very attacking team. I think that, um, uh, I think West Ham, uh, Arnatovic, I think, is a, is a really tempting option. He plays uh, Leicester and Man United in Game Week 37. Uh, but then he plays Southampton and Stoke. In and theory. Next three. Yeah, so he is, so Arnatovic is an option. Um, I actually think that um, Andre Ayew, when he gets back, or Jordan Ayew, excuse me, uh, when he gets back yeah. from suspension, is not a bad option the either. The other Ayew. Yeah, they play Bournemouth and Southampton in Game Week 37. Um, they could be, you know, really playing for to, to avoid relegation still. So um, I think he's a really good third striker option there. So um, so it'd probably be Game Week. So, so it'll be, for me, I'm, I'm thinking free hit chip in Game Week 34, um, bench boost in Game Week 37, and then triple captain in either game week thirty six or game week thirty eight. Uh, what is yeah. what is your thinking right now? Your, your wild card is active. Yeah, I am on an active wild card, like a lot of managers out there. And um, I think I was sort of in denial about what the impact was on these fixtures being rejiggered and thirty four being diminished as a big double game week. And I, I think I talked a lot of it last week about. Arsenal must have Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang like nailed into my wild card team. Yeah. Now it looks like those guys are falling away because um I mean the double will happen for Arsenal at some point and it's probably going to be in 37. So why not still just carry these players through uh good fixtures? I'm I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant of what we just went through leading up to game week 31. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of um well we have to do it this way to prepare exactly for game week 31. And I think what we learned was all that preparation, maybe you cost yourself points, maybe you cost yourself points in the interim. Right. So if I'm, th- if, if you're, if you're holding onto your wild card still, I do want to raise that question of, are you going to be giving up points, um, waiting to play your wild card in, in 36 to just go all in on 37? What are you losing out on in the near term? How are you going to be set up for the doubles in game week 34? That's just sort of a throwing up a, a caution flag. Yeah. Um, so what, when are you thinking about playing your chips right now, looking, looking ahead at the fixtures, assuming that game week 37 plays out as we expect? Yeah. So I think the, the logic has switched from bench boost, for me, has switched from bench boost in 34 and triple captain in 37 to the reverse. Okay. So right now I'm looking to triple captain in 34. The popular candidate would be Lukaku. Sure. Yep. So, so Obama Yang flips to Lukaku and he gets triple captain in 34. Yep. Free hit in 35 and then bench boost in 37. Yep. Obviously the challenge is going to be to you know hold the integrity of my squad into 37 so i have a, enough players to have a really impactful bench boost yep so that that is the trick with the active wild card right now is to figure out how to load up your bench with players who will play in 37 yeah and and 35 for that matter oh no, no i'm sorry you're playing you're playing your free agent 35 so that that does yeah solve that, that, problem. that yeah. is that is the true advantage of not having free hit in 31 yeah. is that I get a get out of jail free card <laughs> for 35. I have to say, just talking about this now, I, it's, I'm almost relieved that I don't have a wild card right now because I it would be I, it, like it's such a headache <laughs> trying to figure out uh, how, to, how yeah. to like properly plan for all of these fixtures. I, I do think that if I were you and I were in your situation, having already played my wild card, um, I think I would do pretty much the same thing. I also don't. 
Well, okay, so let's get into a couple of the questions here because this this gets they'll get right into this question. So, uh, Mark says, uh, was it a schoolboy error to wildcard before the double game week fixtures were announced? Um, and uh, Frankie the Gent says, uh, uh, this comes from the Slack. He says, uh, have we all learned to wait for fixture reassignments instead of only writing out? About, uh, I use a suspension until game week thirty four. I'm now committed to game week thirty seven. Uh, I'm also getting an early transfer of Kane to Aubameyang. So, are you? Do you regret the wild card? Are you? Um, you know, do you, I mean, what, what would you have, would you have still wild carded if you'd known um, things were going to flip like this? If I knew things were going to flip like this, I think odds are I would have wild carded in game week 33. Yeah, yeah. Just to get just to get slightly closer to 37. But as I was saying about game week 31, um, if if you're waiting to play your wild card in game week thirty six, like that's so late in the season. <laughs> exactly. You're 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 basically free hitting for game week thirty seven. Yep. And I don't want to diminish the value of and you can speak to this, Josh. You've played a, a somewhat early wild card two seasons in a row and you've managed to make it work pretty well for your team. Yep. There the wild card is just that much more powerful and I don't think you can use it just for it's just there. Yeah. There are great ways to use it, not for just one it can, game, because it, it, it's it's a it can be a somewhat narrow-minded way of looking at it, right? Which is it's all you know. You can't look at it as just maximizing one game week, right? I mean, the wild card right. is going to yeah. help you in every single game week. So I actually don't think I think it was fine. For, I mean, I guess I, I don't remember. You know, I don't know what your team would have looked like going into game week thirty-two, or I can't remember, but. You needed to make some changes. It, exactly, and Kane was really the the linchpin there. Had Kane come through um without that ankle injury mm-hmm. i think i would have made a case to myself that that i could have survived for at least one more game week but um basically kane going out injured the only heavy hitting attacking players they had were liverpool right. and there's that injured dead weight and all that money sitting with kane and it just seemed like the perfect opportunity and i had to take yep, it no i think that I think that that makes sense. I, I I really think I would have done the same thing. I don't think I would have regretted it too much. Um, so, uh, frankly, I don't. Yeah, I, I I'm not regretting it right now. I mean, it's it's just causing me it makes you, a bit of a headache. It's, but that that's yeah. that's pretty much it. I'm. I would say it's like it's my team's going to be much better for it. But it's almost twice as hard, I'd say, to plan for the rest of the season than it would have been even a week ago, right? Just given the way that I don't know, but twice. I mean. I, Twice, I'm just making up a number here, but like it just feels like because of the way things flipped, it's a lot harder because you really have to keep an eye on Game Week 37 in a way that you may not have yeah. had to before. So, no, I I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. It is much more difficult. So that's that that that's a pain. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. Um, Ian Davis says, "Are there lessons from past double game weeks that we should keep in mind for planning uh, when planning for Game Week 34 and 37?" Yeah, I think uh, big lessons would be these are. These are huge point hauls and uh, to play them, to go all in as best you can on these doubles. That that's what history would show. We would tell this story time and time again on the podcast when you played Charlie Austin and Christian Benteke like three, three or four seasons ago. And you just skyrocketed up our mini league and up the rankings. And there. To know that there are points there to be had in the doubles, that's probably the biggest lesson. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, although I, I would add, and I, I don't think this is this is the opposite of what you're saying, but I, I think that, you know, one thing that I was really reminded of last year um, was the was staying with players who are in super red-hot form, right? Um, and, and not, 
and not falling for the trick of bringing in a player just because they have a double game week. And um, I mean, Mo Salah is the obvious example here. And I think most of us are planning on keeping Mo Salah. Um, but, you know, I remember last year I had um, I had Josh King and uh, Wilfred Zaha um, in my squad. And um, they both had very good fixtures in game week 34 and um, or whatever it was. And uh, one of the double game weeks. And I just decided to instead of burning points to take them out for a double gaming player, I just decided to roll with them. Uh, and both players got me goals. And I think both players got me bonus points in that, in those games. Um, and so yeah. I got, you know, whatever, well, I mean, whatever Zaha was last year, he wasn't very expensive either. So I got maybe eight or nine points from Zaha about the same from Josh King. Um, and you know, I mean, what are you really hoping for from a six or 7 million player over a double game week? Maybe, yeah. maybe eight, right. If you get lucky. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, there are some players, I think, who you could really who you could hold on to in these doubles who could deliver. I mean, I think, you know, um, I mean, Van Dyke, right? Uh, Virgil Van Dyke, home to Bournemouth in Game Week Thirty Four. Yeah. Um, if you're not planning mm-hmm. to free hit ship there, I mean, I think he's a, a really strong. I mean, Robert Roberto Firmino, for that matter, right? I mean, you know, yeah. um, and uh, yeah. it looks like I'm going to be dropping one of those guys. So I have Salah, Firmino, and Van Dyke all from Liverpool, right. and it looks like I'm probably going to drop one of them. And right now, the way I'm feeling is I actually want to keep Van Dyke over for me. Yeah, now, I think that makes sense. Um, probably yeah. requires some explanation later in the podcast. Well, I think we, yeah, we, I'm sure we'll get into it because I mean, I, I there, I mean, for one thing, um, I think I would do that too because the only thing it's more complicated for you because you have so much value built into Firmino. Um, but Firmino yeah. Devardi is such an obvious move. I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but yeah, yeah no, <laughs> that that would be the obvious route, definitely. But so what what you're saying also plays into the discussion of did we play our wild cards too early for all of us who are on an active wild card? Is what you're saying looking back at last season, what Spurs did, and some other teams that didn't double. Um, is yeah, sometimes you can overvalue going into a double, going into a bench boost with everyone having a double. Don't lose sight of who the best players right. are, regardless. Of exactly. Yeah, it was actually it was funny because there was um, there was a thread on Reddit this week um, about about dropping Salah, and um, and someone like tagged us in the thread, and they were like. You know, the hail cheaters said even on Reddit they wouldn't have a threat about dropping Salah. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a case to be. I mean, listen, every option should always be on the table. I, I don't want to be so conservative in my my viewpoint, but um, but dropping Salah, particularly in game week 34, I just, I mean, he, he at home to Bournemouth, like one of the absolute worst defenses in the league. I mean, first of all, they destroyed them in the the away leg. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, he only, I think he only scored a goal in that game, but I think, I think they scored four or five week. Um, I mean, Salah yeah. could absolutely score like 16 points. Right. I mean, um, yeah. so yeah, I think, uh, Salah is the one undroppable player. Um, all right. So there's a good question here from, uh, from Sir Alex. Um, he says, the Sir Alex, that's right. Now it's uh, Alex Quintella has always been very nice about, about sharing our podcast and, and giving us good questions. He says, thanks uh, Alex for the rest of your season, who are your, Top three goalkeepers, top three defenders, top five mids, and top three strikers. Now, just for the sake of argument, you know, I know everyone's going to play their chips a little differently. I'm just assuming, let's say you're out of chips, right? You have no chips left, and you just want to maximize points. on, Like, let's say you're wildcarding game week 31. All the chips are gone. You just want to maximize points for the final seven weeks. Who do you pick? And so um, do you have your list there too, Brandon? Yeah, I do have my list, and uh, I'll start with the GKs. I think we're going to have some overlap here. Sure. David De Gea, 
who we both currently have in our squads. Two doubles coming up, confirmed for 34, home to West Brom, and then away to Bournemouth. And then another double game week to be confirmed, Brighton and West Ham. That could be uh, what is uh, 28 points nailed for De Gea. Um, Ederson, we talked about him, a goalkeeper for Man City. Um, we talked about him a little bit last week in that he's least prone to rotation in that city squad. And they do have a double coming up, both home fixtures, Huddersfield, Brighton. Um, great opportunities for clean sheets. He's, he's least likely to be rotated. I think he's great. People are, and my last one for GKs is Fabianski. I think people are flagging on their enthusiasm for Swansea defenders because they looked really good with that double possibly in game week 34, which is no more. Mm-hmm. It will probably now happen in 37th Bournemouth and Southampton. But my logic here and still sticking with my Fabianski guns is I'm on my wild card. I want to keep him in my wild card because I'm not going to play my bench boost in 34. Right. I'm playing De Gea. I don't need to worry about him. So I know I still have him when I'm bench boosting in the, the big uh, game, double game week in 37. So I still like Fabianski. I mean, maybe it's different with other Swansea um, uh, defenders who you might have to field and you can't bench, uh, but I'll throw that out there. So GK is over to you. Yeah, uh, I had Tahea and Ederson too. Um, the my third one is kind of like you. It's a little maybe not not super intuitive, but um, I have Wayne Hennessy here, um, and he doesn't have any doubles the rest of the season. This would definitely be a backup goalkeeper option, or I guess if you were going with a more expensive lineup, he could be your your starter. Um, they just have a great run to the end of the season, and they have a lot to play for. Um, and I think they've actually been tightening up their defense a little bit. I mean, it's kind of crazy that defense has performed as re- so reasonably well of late, given that they um, have like eight injured defenders. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the final five weeks of the season, which could be you know huge games for them, um, they play uh, Brighton, Watford, Stoke, West Brom, and Leicester. Um, you know, Bournemouth in game week 33. So, you know, outside of game week 32, it's, it's really a pretty strong run for, for, uh, for Palace. I mean, the same could hold for Milivojevic actually, who, um, I'm sure a lot of people who have him right now are getting rid of him for, um, on their wild card. But, um, you know, I think he's, uh, I mean, he plays at Brighton and home in game week 34. It's not a bad, not a bad option if you're not, you know, free hit shipping there. So, um, you know, and you just need a super cheap player who, I don't know. Maybe you just don't like any of the double game week players or you need someone who's like 4.6. So um, yeah. anyway, uh, so Hennessy is my is my third pick there. Um, I just the Bur- Burnley would be the other contender there. Um, but is is Heaton or Pope going to be playing? Right. I mean, they both. That's the trouble. Yeah, exactly. So uh, how about defenders? Defenders. Uh, who do I got? I have. Um, so it's a coin flip uh, with a Chelsea defender. And I. I'm with Aspilicueta right now because okay. I feel like he is he's nailed. Um, he delivers uh, high BPS returns, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta really love Chelsea's fixtures. Two doubles coming and up. He's a little cheaper we, than Alonso, right? Slightly cheaper. You might need that extra coin. And uh, again, with Chelsea, is there going to be any rotation on the flanks? I mean, we. We, we might be able to oversell that with Alonzo, but uh, I don't know, just something I'm thinking about. Eric Bailly at Manchester United, I think we have a, a question coming up about him, but it looks like he's fully back and recovered. He played the full 90 in their last fixture, right. and uh, he's just a fantastic defender. And we, Yeah, the going one, back the to one De- guy that Mourinho trusts, right, in that defense, outside of De Gea. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? He's just like such a class player. <clears throat> and I am all for doubling up on Manchester United 
looking at these fixtures through the rest of the season. So De Gea, Eric Bailly, if you've got that kind of money, I think that's money well spent. Hmm. Yeah. And then um, I'll throw Ben Mee in there because uh, Burnley do have the double in 34. I think a lot of us have been me just through <laughs> the course of the season. Sure, yeah. So let's stick it out. That goal's coming. I know it. Yeah. Uh, my, mine isn't so different from you. Um, I have, I have Alonzo over Osplaqueta. Um, I have Tarkowski just because I, I don't really think the me goal thread is there. Um, Tarkowski is, is definitely the starter over long in that. How in that, dare you? Uh-huh. But have we ever really been, uh, you know, I, I am sort of a long-term hater of Ben Mee's goal threat. Uh, I know that uh-huh. I know the numbers look good, but he, he these are like these are not bullet headers from him in the box. He's like these are pillowy headers into the in the hands of the keepers, <laughs> um, soft, delicate like a meringue, <laughs> and then just I, like his hair. And then I actually have I have Mustafi as my. I thought about a Chelsea defender here too. I I listed Mustafi just because Arsenal's run in is um, it's it's quite strong, and he's probably. Really, there's no, there's not a lot of players you can really trust in that Arsenal defense. I mean, this might have even included Peter Cech at this point. Uh, Mustafi is probably the most stable option there. Um, yeah. They don't have a double until game week 37, but um, Stoke, Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham. I mean, if you're looking to to maximize points in all of the fixtures through game week 38, then I think, um, and he's not even that expensive. So I think that um, yeah. Mustafi five point four is that right? Something like that. Yeah. So. Um, so I think he's an interesting option there. All right, so those are our three goalkeepers and defenders. How about midfielders? So probably midfield this for ha- both of us. Yeah, it hasn't changed too much from last week's wildcard podcast. But Mkhitaryan, I think that it's right to stay the course. Just as you were saying about Arsenal's defense, they had such great fixtures leading into game week thirty-seven uh, potential double, and he's looked great since moving into that midfield. I think I think he's nailed into my wild card. Riyad Mahrez, not put off at all by this international break injury. I think you've you've got to have him, given the two double game week um, game weeks he's got. Mo Salah, <laughs> Reddit Reddit uh, Redditors be damned <laughs> yeah. for keeping Mo Salah. You know, it's funny. I didn't I didn't list Salah in mind, but uh, you know, it's sort of a given. You definitely need Salah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of lame to even mention him. Um, and then uh, Hungman Son from Spurs. This one is. I'm. I feel less. I don't feel as strong about Sun as I think you do, as we discussed last week. But I feel like his ownership is only rising, and the ceiling is there for Sun. So I, I think it's probably generally upside with him, and I, I want to include him in my list. And then uh, there was an interesting article that just went up on Fantasy Football Scout this weekend about Pascal Gross, and I think. Even though Brighton have perhaps the, I mean, I think statistically they have the worst run-in for the rest of the season, Gross could be a cheeky pick because Brighton do have those the, the two doubles coming up. And uh, while he hasn't really set the league on fire this last half of the season, it it is a punt. Yeah, and, I mean, the run-in, it, it, the run-in is really only bad in those final three fixtures. I mean, it's not that bad before then, right? Leicester, Huddersfield, those are both... I mean, Leicester's defense is terrible. Uh, Huddersfield's defense isn't very good either. Crystal Palace's defense is bad. Um, you know, I guess then then they play t- Tottenham, but at least, at least it's Tottenham at home, you know? So he could he could maybe do something there. Um, so, yeah, gross. Yeah. It, it's just this price tag at 6.0 is kind of interesting because he... You have to convince yourself to drop one of these other guys right. in order to fit Gross in. Right. And he he's there to enable you bringing in a, a bigger price striker. Yeah. So like I think I, that's where he fits into your squad. Yeah, like I'd almost rather have um, 
who's the guy with the big ears on Lester, um, whose name I always forget. Albrighton? Yeah, Albrighton, right. I, I think I'd almost rather... Would you rather have Albrighton? <laughs> no, I can't believe I can't believe I got to Albrighton from that from that very uh, rash d- description. Uh, would you rather go Albrighton or... Um, or uh, I his Pascal, name. Gross. Pascal Gross? Thank you. Would you rather go Albrighton or Gross for the rest of the season? Gross all the way. All the way. Okay. Well, you had him for a while. You, you're a Gross... I did. You're a Gross fan. I had some good... He, he, he might have been the my canniest maneuvering as a manager this season. Mm-hmm. I got on board with Gross right when he hit form, though I did miss his earlier brace, and I dumped him immediately yeah. when he got cold. It was very good. That I never, never felt so good about my, my management skill. The difference between the two of us this season might, might come down to Pascal Gross, actually, right? What are, you, are you like seven, nine points ahead? It's amazing. I think it's seven, seven, seven between point, us right isn't now. Isn't that amazing yeah. after 31 weeks, we're only seven points apart? After you know, I guess, I don't know. Our teams are pretty different, is actually. It, is, it because we, is it because we talk about this stuff <laughs> intimately every week? Yeah, that's true. When podcast? it comes to the big stuff, we're kind of, you kind of get in lockstep, I guess. Um, all right, so here, is that, your, is that your, the full list? Those are my five, okay. my five. All right. So I have, um, so yeah, I had Marez, I have uh, Mkhitaryan, I have Son. Um, where I differ is I have Goodmanson. Um, on uh, on Burnley, I like um, mm-hmm. I like their run of their run in basically throughout the rest of the season quite a bit. Um, they have um, their double isn't great. They play Leicester and Chelsea, but they're both at home. Um, I think you can get something out of those matches. Uh, they play West Brom and Watford, who both have you know, bad defenses. I mean, you know, I, I basically think like twelve out of the twenty teams in the league have terrible defenses. Uh, but they do mm-hmm. have a fixture in game week thirty five, which could be really valuable. Um, and they, and they play against Stoke, no less. Yeah. Against Stoke. And they play Brighton in game week 36. So, and Bournemouth to actually end the season. So if you were looking for a steady 5.1 or whatever is, I think it's priced like 5.1, maybe five, two, Mm -hmm. uh, option then, um, that he's, I think he's, he's kind of right in that, um, right in that, uh, Pascal Gross, uh, territory. Um, and, uh, my final one is, um, I actually, I guess I'll just go with Salah. I had Hazard here, but I don't want to, I don't want to ever praise Hazard. (laughs) So let's just, let's just scrap that. All right. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about that real quick. Um, because I don't think we have any questions coming up about Hazard. So here he is. He's got two doubles coming up, a pretty decent run in. I mean, the last two fixtures they have are Huddersfield and Newcastle and uh, Swansea before Liverpool. Is is there any case to be made for um, bringing in Hazard? And I think the the case against pretty clearly is that's a lot of money that right. we we're talking about a lot of other midfielders that have been delivering consistently. Yeah. How about this? How could if if you were a hundred points down in your mini league and you and you didn't care if you if you fl- like you don't mind if you finish two hundred points behind. Right. But you just want to do everything you can to have different players than the, than the guy in front of you. Maybe you don't go with, you know, you don't go with Lukaku. Right? You just take the risk and you go yeah. with you go with Eden Hazard. I mean, a way to Southampton and Burnley game week 34 and you triple captain them. Right. I mean, that could be a move that netted you a ton of points. Right. I mean, it's super sure. risky, but um, I think I just wouldn't go Hazard if I were doing well. You know, if I was like really, yeah. um, you know, so. um yeah, and I think the knock I would throw at Hazard is he'll have really he'll have breakout game weeks, but he he can rarely put them together back to back, which is the beauty of the double game week is you sort of give yourself two two bites of the cherry with Hazard. And I I still think if I if I were down, I still wouldn't drop Salah. I just I just don't 
he's just so consistent. I mean, he scored again in the internationals for Egypt. Um, I mean, he is just, we've never seen a season like this before. And so you just can't, you can't drop him even if you need to make up points. He's just too, he's just too consistent. Um, yeah. So, all right. And then that finally brings us to strikers. Um, why don't you list your three strikers? Yeah. Here, here's the template mm-hmm. uh, th- that we all agree on. Lukaku, Aubameyang, and Jamie Vardy. So uh, Firmino is the wild card here, and I think we have some questions coming up about basically uh, bench strikers that we might bring into our team. But for now, Lukaku, Aubameyang, and Vardy, those are the, the creme de la creme looking at the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, and then uh, I guess Kane, right? I mean, Kane is the biggest wild card here. Um, they have a great run-in. Uh, starting in yeah. game week 36, it's Watford, West Brom, Newcastle, Leicester, you know, if he's five goals down in the Golden Boot, he is going to be absolutely on fire <laughs> the final four weeks of the season. Trying to, I mean, we saw what he, yeah. what he scored like he scored like nine goals in the final two or three. It was like, a, three fixtures a, last year, four and then a hat trick. I think yeah, in the last four and then a hat trick. But I think even before then, he might have picked up a couple of goals. So, um, at the very least, it was seven in the last two, which is a ton. Yeah, my concern about Kane though is a we we have no real concrete news about when he's actually going to be starting for Spurs again. Right. Maybe we have some evidence of when he might come be running again or back in training, but we don't know. And we mentioned this earlier, World Cup is happening in about three months, and that has to be Kane's priority. Spurs need to lock down a Champions League place, but I don't think Golden Boot is going to, like it would have ranked high on Kane's list before the injury. I think now his priority is just going to be helping Spurs finish where they need to and staying fit for the World Cup. Yeah, I, so I, I'm just yeah. not. I'm, I mean, I think I, I think Spurs would love to win the FA Cup too. I mean, playing at home at Wembley this year, obviously the semis and finals are there. Um, they have not won a trophy since Pochettino took over. Um, I, I, you know, so I mean, I guess that this actually only furthers your argument, right? Because if you're, you know, if you wanted to save him, maybe you just play him in the FA Cup, or maybe you you treat him very carefully in the in the league. Right. I mean, they're pretty much locked into a Champions League spot. I, mean, I think they're what is our Arsenal? Is are they the fifth place team? Um, you know, they're maybe like eleven points behind. Actually, maybe it's Chelsea right now. Anyway, that's that's yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea are five right yeah. now. Yeah. So uh, I have I have the same three. Um, yeah, and and then yeah, Kane eventually. So. Um, all right, let's um, let's 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 keep moving on here. Next question comes to us from Sidhant Bhatia, who asks, "What are some of the essential bench players if you're playing a bench boost in double game week 34?" So I think I think just at the outset, the conventional manager is now saying bench boost is being shifted to 37. But let's let's just hypothetically say if you're going to play it in 34, maybe you've already committed to that right. who do you need on your bench who are the cheapies right. I, I think i think a bench boost in 34 makes there's certainly a, a you know a way you could that could be the way to maximize points i mean especially if you're really excited about kane getting a uh you know if you're excited about triple captaining kane and in, in 37 then then um that would be the argument for that sure. um so i think you know okay so players on your bench from bench boost i mean let's let's focus on teams that have players that don't cost a lot of money um, I think you could yeah. look at uh, Ben Chilwell on Leicester. Um, yeah. uh, some of the Brighton defenders, right? I mean, probably, it's probably going to be two defenders, right? So, uh, yeah, my the, first my first guys to answer Sadat's question would be the the Duff Dunky Duff Duffy Dunk <laughs> Dunky Perry yep. Duff and Dunky. I like that. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Cheap defenders, Duffy Dunk, and then the likes of uh, Tarkovsky. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess if you could afford it, maybe um, Schmeichel um, as a, as your as your second goalkeeper, right? If um, you know, mm-hmm. you can fit him mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Tarkovsky um, or maybe me um, as another bench option there. As far as f- like fifth midfielders go, let's say if you're going with a three four three. Um, Maybe Pascal Gross, right? I mean, but six million is a lot for a fifth midfielder. Um, yeah, I think yeah, so. I don't know. Goodmanson, I guess. Um, he's he's not too, super expensive. I don't love... Yeah, I guess the, Bournemouth have a double, but it's a terrible double, right? They play Liverpool, Man United. Yeah. The way I the way I feel like you can answer this question is what we were saying earlier is maybe you don't necessarily have to focus on bench players in 34 who have doubles because... Right. Uh, maybe these are players you want to at least get points from them off your bench in 34 and then be able to then start them in game week 37 for when they do have a double. So then that's when Swansea players come into play, like going back to Fabianski. Fabianski, play your bench boost in 34, you're going to get his points, and then you can start him in game week 37, assuming you don't have another double keeper. Yep, I, I think that makes sense. Um, you know, or even someone like uh, Koyate, maybe, on um, on West Ham. I mean, you're not looking at any any great options here. Uh, Milivojevic, <laughs> actually, I mean, they play Brighton in game week 34. Um, they don't have a double in game yeah. week 37, but they play Stoke. They do have a fixture in game week 35. They play Watford. It is amazing how many penalty. Well, in Benteke and um, and Zaha, they have two players who are great, great penalty earners, right? Um, just because you know Benteke's got a big head and uh, he, he goes for every ball in the box, and so it's easy for him to win a pen. Um, and then giant yeah, and then head. Zaha is just you know just too fast for everybody. Um, so um, yeah, orange on a toothpick. Yeah, so I, th- I think that he's not a bad option. Um, yeah, and he, like I said, no doubles to come, but. Uh, really good run of fixtures throughout the rest of the season. So um, he might solve some other problems for you, right? Like you just you might maximize points in game week 36 sure. by having him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd say look for players that are guaranteed to play in 34, not necessarily with doubles who could then possibly, as you're saying, Josh, help you later on in another game. Week. Uh, all right, next question comes from um, uh, Jerry Gonzalez. He says, uh, what option do you think is better? Um, use the wild card to get the best mix of double game eight players and non-double game eight players, or uh, get players for the last four fixtures and the next two, um, and use the free hit in game week thirty-four. So uh, I guess option B is interesting to me. If you're free hitting in thirty-four, assuming okay, so if you free hit in thirty-four, when do you play your triple captain? This is perhaps a more interesting way for me to look at this. When would you play your triple captain that's not 34 or 37? So um, got, I think a lot of us might have some regrets about not triple captaining. Mo Salah in game week 31 wasn't really on the table. But uh, this this question just got me thinking about, could I triple captain Mo Salah in a non-double game week? I mean, Liverpool don't have double game weeks. So what are their best fixtures through the end of the season? And it's probably Stoke at home at Anfield in game week 36 or in game week 38 uh, at home to Brighton when Mo Salah might be going to score his his 65th goal of <laughs> right. the season. Is that right? Is, is it, how many does he have in all competitions right now? 
Oh, no, I, I don't know of all competitions. I was trying to find like a, a kind of hilariously large number that was still. <laughs> but he might score 40 kind of in attainable. The league, so I was like, how many has he scored <laughs> yeah. in all the other fixtures? Like it, it could be like 65 might be in range. I, I don't know. Maybe that's too high still, but it's not that high. Like if it's, it's, it's high by like 10, maybe tops. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about this? It's just kind of a. It's, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Um, I. I don't like it because too many things can happen the final four weeks of the season, right? I mean, how many times have we seen basically every good player in the league come up with a bad hamstring this year, you know? Um, so, like, basically maximizing for fixtures that are four weeks down the line, um, it just seems like you're inviting a lot of risk, you know? And if basically you need everyone to get to stay healthy, all of these players to to not be at risk of rotation, which there, there will be more if, you know, whether, you know, who wins between uh, Liverpool and, um, and Man City in their Champions League match is going to be a lot more prone to rotation down the line too, but we don't know who's going to win that yet. You know, so I just think there's a lot of, um, a lot of risk involved in planning that way. Um, I think that there's a way to, I, I guess I would just rather maximize for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think we're, I think we're ultimately in agreement here. Yeah. All right, next question is little Jason. Is everyone getting a bit too overexcited about the power of the free hit chip? Most of the massive scores were achieved by a big Liverpool victory, to be honest, and a solid goal fest, not the free hit chip. Uh, Without that, most would be looking at 40 to 50 points rather than 90 to 100. So I guess little Jason is looking ahead to game week 35 is is game week 35, and I guess this goes hand in hand too with what Jerry's saying, is game week 35 on paper the best week right now, knowing what we know to play the free hit? Yeah, I mean, it depends on whether you played your wild card or not. I mean, for me, uh, 34 is is pretty clearly the only way that I can really do it. Um, I know I talked in the last episode about maximizing it for um, for the playoffs, you know, like if, if you have playoffs in your head-to-head leagues, but I think even with that in mind, I have to play it this way in order to do it because I need to, unless I just want to like get outscored by 80 points in, uh, in game week 34, which I, which I don't fancy. Um, you know, I think, um, okay, so here's, here's my thing about this. We talked about this a little bit in last week's podcast, but I think because the scores were so high in game week 31, it actually made the free hit trip look, look, I actually think it was, it was a good week to play it in the end. Um, I didn't play it myself, but I, I can, I, I can understand why a lot of managers did. And I think it worked out for a lot of them, you know, because everyone, almost well, is like a baseline. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, at least, or most people, you know, finish on 80, 90 plus points. Uh, it made it seem like everyone did really well, but people who were, who were free hit chipping actually in, on, you know, on average were scoring 20, 25 more points, not everybody, but a lot of them. Right. Um, and so, or, or, you know, or maybe even more like, and really there could be even more points that they scored because they didn't have to make transfers in the lead up to get ready for this. Right. They, they weren't stuck with Theo Walcott on their bench. For sure. Four weeks, yeah. They were know, playing Mares like, uh, yeah, exactly. like savvy managers. Exactly. Were. So there's, there's a real knock on effect that people, you know, it's not just that one game week is in a vacuum. It's that free hitting allowed you to make other moves for other game weeks, which is exactly why I'm planning to free hit in game week 34. Um, so I think because the scores were so high, if it had been a normal, uh, game week where, um, a normal kind of blank game week where everyone scored like between 25 and 30 points or 35 or whatever, um, then you really would have felt the difference, right? Because you would have managers scored 30 and managers that scored 50 or 55. Yeah. Um, so, um, the proportionality of all of it would have, would have really been more visible. 
Exactly. It felt like we all had an awesome game week, but it was still a big <laughs> edge, I think, for a lot of men. And we saw it in our own mini league, right? And we had a manager finished on our, our friend Justin finished on what 115 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, and over, he overtook both of us in, yeah. uh, in our head-to-head league. I mean, yeah. I think that we can we can claw that back later, but um, with with our own free hit chips. But I I don't think that you know that that made it the wrong move. I think um, I think it did yeah. make a big difference. Yeah, and to round it out, I think the way to think of the free hit if you still have it, and then you if you don't have both triple captain and bench boost i feel like free hit it's almost better to play it in a double game week now because the only reason you wouldn't play a free hit on the big double is because you plan to play bench boost or or triple captain but if you're not why not free hit and get a perfect 15 exactly i mean there's there's 12 fixtures planned for game week 35 right now it is very easy to have you know, and that includes some players that you probably already have in your squad, right? With Arsenal, mm-hmm. Man City, Newcastle, Swansea, um, and many others uh, playing, including including multiple players from Game Week 31, obviously, because they don't even know blanks this year. Final question, Brandon, uh, in this section comes um, from, Sayatha, uh, from Sathya James, who says, uh, what's your advice to people who play the triple captain but still have all the other chips left, including a wild card? Yeah, I think we kind of... Uh, talked about this in answering little Jason's question is you have to really be looking at the free hit for one of the double game weeks to really maximize the points there, which then, I mean, going back to the very beginning of the podcast makes your life difficult because now all your transfers have to revolve around playing a full, a full 11 in game week 35 with all those blanks. But I think that that because there are so many great teams who play in 35, Arsenal, City, uh, and uh, Liverpool among them, you can really make hay in 35 and still play a free hit and make a bunch of points in yep. 34 or 37. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, so let's take a quick Yay. break. And we'll, yeah, and uh, we will uh, go to the lighting round. Same old podcast, always shady. Josh, we're back, and I have a question for you. Do you like prizes? Yes. Yeah, what what kind of prizes do you like? Free prizes. <laughs> you like free prizes? Is a prize by definition free? Uh, well, uh, if, is, there's, often, there's often a catch. <laughs> <laughs> if you like prizes, though, Josh, and they are free, then you're going to love Always Cheating and Starting 11. Starting 11, of course, is our favorite daily fantasy uh, partner, you can play their game on your iPhone or your Android phone. And now there are cash games available in the UK. And to get people even more excited about Starting Eleven, we did this a couple weeks ago. We're going to give away another Starting Eleven prize pack to listeners who challenge the cheaters. So challenge me and Josh via the Starting Eleven app for your chance to get this uh, Starting Eleven prize pack that has a T-shirt. It has a sticker, it has a magnet, and it has this cool little handy, uh, beautifully branded Starting Eleven notebook in which you can jot down all the notes uh, that you need about how to approach either your daily fantasy team or uh, all, all this craziness that's happening here at the home stretch of the FPL. Did you get a good look at the prize pack that we gave away a couple weeks ago? I, I did get a good you you brought them to the to the black horse we were watching matches together and uh, I was I was I actually I really wanted them for myself and I was I was very selfless and I said you know what 
as much as I want this stuff, I think we should share. <laughs> and I, I mean this. And, and Stephen, uh, Stephen Toomey, who actually uh, was the first winner, uh, shared out a really nice picture of him with all of the stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great mix of swag. So if you like free things and you like to challenge the cheaters and you like to be named on this podcast or uh, <laughs> just have some fun and learn and learn, you know, learn a daily fantasy app uh, with cash games coming soon across the country. Uh, across the world, I should say. The world, Brandon. Worldwide. Um, yeah. Visit starting11.io to learn more uh, or just download the Starting 11 app. That's starting 1-1 uh, on your iOS or Android. And uh, we will be playing this weekend, though, the Saturday fixtures when, we, when we'll be doing this. Anyone can tra- take us on. Uh, we really hope you do take us on. Uh, you can direct message us on uh, Twitter. Um, and we've actually unlocked that so that anyone can can message us there. Uh, you can message us on Facebook. You can email us, say hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, you can even, even send a message on our website. Uh, and we will absolutely send you a challenge. And uh, the winner will you can anyone from anyone across the world can play us. We will ship it anywhere in the world, including Antarctica. And wow, I said that wrong. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I not say that word? Antarctica. Wow. Antarctica. Took three tries. That was tough. <laughs> Absolutely. The highest score will win. The highest score of who challenges me and me and Josh. You can challenge both of us. You can challenge us multiple times and uh, the highest score wins. And the cool thing about starting 11 is that you're accumulating points uh, from all your players. There's no budget for the squad that you set and you can make real time substitutions if you're not happy with you know how uh, Jordan Ibe is playing. Dump him, bring somebody else in in real time while the match is happening. And, uh, yeah, that's a great way to maximize your points. That's right. And we're actually talking about doing a starting up and meetup uh, in late April in uh, the New York City area. So uh, if you're in New York or anywhere near New York or would just like to visit New York, uh, I think this will be the last weekend in April is what we're looking at, uh, which I think would be game week 37, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's going to be a big game week, FYI. Be, yeah, exactly. So come. We'll probably do the meetup either at the Black Horse, which would be awesome, or we'll do it at a Manhattan bar if that's easier. Um, but reach out to us um, through all those same channels we just mentioned before. Uh, let us know. We'd love to meet you. We'll probably have even more swag there. Um, yeah, maybe and, maybe uh, some maybe some. We'll buy a drink or two. Exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, so hit us up and let us know. Um, other than that, visit starting11.io to learn more, uh, or uh, just download the app on iOS and Android and uh, take us on this weekend. Brandon, we're back. It's the Wild Card Double Game Week Player Lightning Round. we got a lot of player questions, and uh, this podcast is going long, so we're doing it Lightning Round style. Uh, 30 seconds or less for all of these player questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do I have to give the right answer, or can I give wrong answers to these people? You can give. I have to give right answers, but you're allowed to give wrong answers. Very lovely. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, this question comes from the, comes from the Slack, and you can always... Uh, support the uh, the the cheaters on the always cheating uh, Patreon page, uh, and uh, you get invited to that Slack. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, "Keeping another Liverpool player besides Mo Salah." Yeah, Jeremiah, I, I hinted at this earlier. I'm struggling with Van Dyke and Firmino, and there was a there was a comparison on Reddit between Firmino and Vardy and and Firmino just blows Vardy out of the water in terms of his stats. But the question that is in front of us now is can Firmino keep pace with double game week strikers? Can Firmino uh, bank the same number of points as Lukaku can through game week 38 or as Vardy can through game week 38 on current form? One would say Firmino perhaps probably 
probably will, probably can, might even be able to do better. But uh, that's really the risk that we're having to take. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I mean, I think that um, Van Dyke is. Um, I probably would actually drop Van Dyke myself if I were on a wild card. I'm. Um, I, I do have him in my squad, and I I'm, I probably will end up having him throughout the rest of the season. So I don't mean to, um, I don't mean to be like totally hypocritical here, but I do think that um, I would probably end up with another Man United defender, um, who, who uh, many of whom are in that same price point as Van Dyke. Maybe maybe you can have all yeah. three. Would rather have Vertonghen or Van Dyke? I feel I just feel like there's a lot of players who I'd rather have slightly more than Van Dyke. Yeah, Van Dyke is the problem with him is that he has just he has such goal threat. I mean, he's yet to score a goal in the league for Liverpool, but um, he's there, Ben. Me, he is there, Ben. Me, and if it weren't for that, if he was just a guy who sat back and played great central defense, then I think I'd drop him in a heartbeat. Um, but ultimately, I think I do agree with you. I think Salah is the only one you need to keep if you if you have any anxiety about Van Dyke or Firmino, just drop them. All right, Christopher Adams says, All my hard work of planning for the first double game week, and Arsenal don't even have a double. What am I supposed to do now with all these Arsenal players, including bringing in Aubameyang? You stay the course. I mean, these they have great fixtures coming up. They have a really good run-in, and they're going into a double. As as everyone knows, Aubameyang is cup tied in Europa League. There's no rotation risk with him. Yeah, they have uh, it's, one. It's, yeah, they have eight fixtures left, and only one of them is bad. Right, which is against Manchester United, right? Yep, in thirty six. Yeah, which you know, I guess that on paper that's bad, but who who knows what sort of team? Mkhitaryan revenge game, Brandon, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I'm still feeling good about Arsenal despite yeah, all that. I I, I am I am too. I mean, they 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 almost always finish strong, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, Mkhitaryan and and Aubameyang in particular have really settled in together. Um, Pat Udomobal says, besides Lukaku and Vardy, is there even another nailed on striker for double game week 34? interesting question yeah it is an interesting question i guess here is where ashley barnes gets a shout out Mm -hmm. and uh two home fixtures lester and chelsea lester's defense is pretty bad chelsea uh can put on a good defensive display when they want to Mm -hmm. but uh i think ashley barnes is at that price point where you can fit him in as your third striker and uh it's a double game week for him so he's he's my shout yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, Murray, uh, Brighton's Murray is not a bad option either, um, if only for that Crystal Palace away match in game week 34. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they play Spurs at home in the other fixture, but, uh, you know, I mean, Clem Murray has just been, like, on fire all year, so. Um, he he has. I yeah. do worry about him starting two games in quick succession, given yeah. that he's ancient. That's true. That's true. And uh, no love for Callum Wilson, Brandon, my God. The premier I'm striker. <laughs> I know. He's, he's so good. He's he, he, so we don't good. even have to mention him. He's so <laughs> that's good. That's true. Um, I know. That's like, that's the double game week that nobody wants anybody for. You know, it's like, ugh. Like, I, th- th- I think it almost drove me to the free hit shift at Game Week 34. I was like, I, I cannot keep holding on to Kellen Wilson <laughs> just, just for this, this crap double where they play Leicester and Chelsea. Uh, all right. So uh, Dave from Burnley says, uh, United have by far the best double game week fixtures, but no one is buying into their players. Why not? Uh, is Lingard uh, back on? Um, Mata, Pogba, Rashford, Sanchez, they're all under 10% owned. God, we haven't talked about Alexis Sanchez. They have a double in game week 34. 
Yeah, I mean they're they all they all stink as FPL assets right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a they weird, do. Lin, yeah, Lingard is the one that jumps out at me from that list. Where I'm like, well, Lingard is um, though. I mean, he scored for England, mm-hmm. uh, but and he's scoring in all these games that are not in the league, so they don't count for any FPL managers. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I mean. Dave, people are way into United assets. It's just defensive or Lukaku. And Lukaku right. is is definitely earmarked as a double game week player that will probably bite us all in the ass. Like, he, yeah, he very well might not come through for anyone. Um, but yeah. yeah, the midfield is has not produced at all since like the first month of the season. I'm forgetting. Is, was Anthony Marshall, is he injured the last couple of game weeks? Why did he not start in game weeks 29 and 30? Is there a reason for that that I'm just forgetting? Um, I know they didn't play in 31. It's just weird, right, that he didn't play two in a row. There's just like, why doesn't anyone play? Like, I, I don't understand it. It's... Martial apparently has a toe injury, okay. so he's he's right. listed okay. as 50%, so okay. that, that could be an, an issue. But Mourinho's been rotating this midfield for the last two seasons. Yeah, exactly. And he, even Pogba now seems like he's a little like prone to a little rotation or not playing the full 90. You, know, you can see some more shenanigans with the uh, FA Cup semifinal coming, so... Uh, you know, San, there's a war Sanchez, on in that locker room yeah. too between Mourinho and those players. It, they're really it's it's getting kind of ugly already. Yeah, um, and Alexis Sanchez, I mean, he's down to eleven point five, uh, but I just don't know how we can a good conscious recommend him. I mean, I might end up you know on a free hit ship in thirty four. I like him as a player for a wild card. I don't like him, <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, because no. you don't you for all these fixtures. I mean, God knows which player is going to show up. I mean, how many. Has he scored? Okay, so he scored a goal, right? And that was out of a penalty miss that penalty he, he followed right. in. Um, and he has one assist. So he's one goal and one assist since he joined the team. I mean, that's just, you know, pathetic. Um, if you want to shell out that kind of cash for a differential midfielder, I think uh, Eden Hazard is first on the list. Yeah, that's a good That's a good shout. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It'll, it'll be, a, you know, when we in the lead up to game week 34, if I pl- play my free hit chip, it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that because. Um, there's some really you could really do some weird things with your team, um, weird stuff, just yeah, freaky stuff, like weird, like yeah, it's gonna make you, Super it's gonna freaky. make you very uncomfortable. I think you know. Yeah, so, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a prude, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, so uh, FPL Chelsea says uh, Monreal or Mustafi. I think we already answered this one. Yeah, I think Mustafi. He's got the starts. Monreal is he has that mysterious back injury. Right. I mean, I guess he's fit, but. We haven't seen him yeah. back in the lineup for about a month now. Something about Monreal. I think he, yeah. So Monreal has only played the full ninety twice in the last eleven game weeks, um, and I mean it's amazing what you see. It's such a hot start. Actually, it's funny because in the in two of those games he scored two goals. So you know, incredibly, he's got four goals and two assists on the season after not scoring a single goal um, in his previous time at Arsenal. Um, right. Actually, no, I guess he scored one goal in 2013, but he, hasn't, he did score a goal the last four years. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been battling injuries. Um, there's also some, we haven't talked about this too much, but it looks like um, Aaron Ramsey in particular is kind of getting saved for these Europa League fixtures. So um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of concern there about about all the Arsenal players, I suppose. But uh, central defenders, you know, are just usually a little less prone for to rotation. So um, yeah. yeah, I do think I'd go, I think we both agree on Mustafi there. Um FPL um, a padful uh, says uh, Christensen for the run in. Dare we? <laughs> it's a risk given that he's got this mysterious knock, but 
Uh, I might take the risk. I might take the risk. Okay. So yep. I, I won't be a hypocrite. I would if you if you can all if you can at all work it out to get a more nailed Chelsea defender, go for it. But it's really it's only the knock jump. that scared. Yeah. yeah, it's a great price. And Christensen is, by all accounts, he's nailed. It's just this knock that kind of freaks yeah. me out. And if he didn't play in Game Week 32, they play Spurs anyway, so it's not like. That's true. Know, yeah. Um, all right. So next question: Insane uh, Insani in the membrane says, uh, "Any love for the Swansea midfield or defense for the run-in?" A lot of love for the defense. Yep. I think I've shouted out Fabianski a lot. Me too. Uh, okay. Zero love for. I mean, the only intriguing thing about the Swans' defense is Andy King, who I think is yep. at four point two. That's just what I was going to say. Uh, Always in lockstep, Brandon. I mean, you and me, funny, seven points apart, huh? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but it, it is if he if he keeps that starting spot four point two, it's almost unprecedented he, uh, that cheap a midfielder. This is this is an idea that actually came from. Um, from FPL Stag, but he um, he's a great option for um, for a free hit chip, uh, maybe even for a wild card for that matter. But he's you know he's only four point four point two million right now. Uh, has already picked up a goal in the last two matches that he started. Um, even if all you get is five points from him or four points out of him from a from a double game week, it's not bad for a fifth for a fifth defender or for excuse me for a fifth midfielder. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. All right. What have we got next? All right. Next question comes from Maud Charlie. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right, Maud. Uh, if you were on a wild card and you had to choose between Bailly or Vertonghen, who would you choose? This is the exact question I am asking myself right now. And uh, I am leaning toward Eric Bailly. Yep. Uh, me too. That's what I would pick as well. Um, I like their doubles a little more. Well, I like both of them more, actually. Yeah, and you know Phil Jones is looking like he might come back from injury, but I think as we said, Bailly is very trusted. He's probably their best central defender if you're comparing him to Jones and Smalling. Yeah, and a double with him and David De Gea through the rest of the season could yield a ton of points. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I slightly prefer Spurs' second double in Game Week 37 when they play West Brom and Newcastle. Um, Versus Brighton and West Ham both away for Man United, but I really prefer Man United's first double game week in 34. So you can always bring him in for 34, and then and then you can just move him to Vertonghen. You know, dynamic. Later. Yeah, that's, some, that's the dynamic thought that always cheating instills. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right. So next question: um, FPL Joe says cheap third striker option: Murray, Barnes, or Rashford. I'm Barnes all the way here because I think he's least prone to rotation. Murray is mm-hmm. in great form, but as we said, he's sure. he's old. And Marcus Rashford, yeah. who knows what's going on there? The Volkswagen did score, Brandon. He did for, for Wales. Uh, yeah, for Wales. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I I like Murray a little more than you do here. I, I did advocate for him earlier in the podcast. There's not really if you can if you can pull it off a heavy hitting forward line would be the way to go. Um, because there's just not a great cheap. This is the problem all year, right? It's just been no great cheap third striker options. Yeah, it's true. It's all a pun. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the guy who I actually like um, is Troy Deeney, um, who uh, he doesn't have any doubles though. Uh, but if I was just picking someone for the next couple of game weeks, he plays Bournemouth and Burnley back to back at home. Um, kind of a fun option there. So nothing. No one is more fun Deeney. than Troy Deeney. 
<laughs> That's true. Especially now that he has his, he's already, he's received his karmic punishment yeah. for, and he had his penalty saved at Arsenal. So now all is forgiven. I'm back to liking Tradini again. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So uh, Aaron Shute says on the wild card, uh, Aubameyang and Harry Maguire or Lukaku and Wes Morgan. Uh, I go Lukaku and Wes Morgan here just because I think it's insane that anyone would play, pay, uh, I think Harry Maguire is at 5.6. I mean, maybe go Aubameyang, Wes Morgan, and spend some of the money you saved elsewhere. Uh, I I really don't think a Leicester defender, even with the double, is needed. So their uh, defense is truly bad, and Wes Morgan is old and maybe a bit of a rotation threat too. So um, yeah, he could be. Yeah, I think he, he could be. Yeah, yeah. But I think Morgan is priced at four point four now. So in uh, given that, you could stand to have a player with that kind of value drop to the bench even on a double because he's freeing up funds for you to capitalize elsewhere in your team during the double. So I I'm not anti Wes Morgan. Yeah, he's four point no, four. Although yeah, Ben Chilwell, um I mean he did get me assist uh two weeks ago. I mean he might be an even better option yeah, there. Although yeah, it could be curious some risk too. Uh we had questions for both both Dan Henshaw and Prashant Tawari about tripling up on Burnley. Um Dan's question was specifically about their defense, but um, yeah, what do you think about a Burnley triple? It's a lot uh, of Burnley. No, that's too much Burnley. Two at the most. Uh, right now on my wild card bus, I have um, Ashley Barnes and Ben Mee. Yeah, and actually, I guess he. he I'm sorry to give Dan credit. He was talking. He, has, he said he has Tarkowski, Loughton, and Barnes. So yeah, um, yeah I think. Uh, I think you could do with just yeah. one. I don't think Burnley is that big of a points ceiling in the defense that you're going to gain much ground. Yeah. I, I, I feel think like there's, there's yeah the tweaking there's, that you could do to just go down to one Burnley defender and tweak elsewhere. Just diversify your portfolio, man. It's Burnley. Right. Also, Burnley's double is... I mean, they play two away fixtures in 32 and 33, and then they play Leicester and Chelsea. I would give... I would give them a 25% chance of keeping a clean sheet total in those two games in 34, right? I yeah, mean, right. Maybe, maybe Leicester. Although Leicester can score on anyone. So in the Chelsea I game, I, I don't see a clean sheet. So well, yeah, and then away to Stoke. I mean, what, where are the clean sheets for them? Like maybe 36 to home to Brighton, 38 home to Bournemouth, you know? So it's just not a lot of... I, I, I Bringing in one, sure, it makes a lot of sense. They're cheap. They're good bench fodder. But, but two, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, agreed. Next question is from Sumant H. Noctar, who asks, I am confused between Vardy and Lukaku. I already own Maguire and Mahrez, so heavily loaded up on Leicester here. Does tripling up on Leicester make sense? At the same time, there is such a toxic atmosphere at Old Trafford that I just don't trust Manchester United. So I think Sumant is asking us to really talk about Lukaku. Like, is is Lukaku yeah. truly a priority and... Uh, in terms the, of triple captain, does yeah. that seem at all viable to you? The atmosphere is the elephant in the room, right? I mean, it is not, it does not seem like things are happy and going well there. I mean, as you just said, they're kind of in revolt. Okay, let's let's say you didn't triple captain uh, Lukaku in Gaming 34, but you still wanted to play the triple captain in 34. Is there anyone you... We haven't talked about Man City barely at all, right? I mean, but is there anyone that you would... That you would think about for for thirty four that might be that might be appealing to you. 
Yeah, well, Manchester City is a way to Spurs. It's going to be right. a hotly contested yeah. game. Right. What about Mares or Vardy? I mean, this is, I mean, this is getting to his question, right? I mean, if I was triple captain Jamie Vardy away to Burnley and home to Southampton, okay, maybe maybe you'd expect more points in the Southampton game, but it would not shock me if he scored in both of those games, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, a double at home to Southampton. I mean, Southampton stink. Yeah, I think Mares is probably the best option there. God, now that I'm, I mean, looking at these fixtures, it's game week thirty four is pretty rough. It pretty rough. <laughs> these doubles are they're they all did, kind of rough. Even thirty seven is kind of rough, right? I mean, Spurs have a pretty good thirty seven. I mean, you know, it's like. It's not great though. I mean, Chelsea play Liverpool in thirty-seven. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess. I, I guess Man City. They, okay, Man City has the best thirty-seven. They play Huddersfield and Brighton at home. Can you could could you realistically expect any one of their players to play twice yeah. in those fixtures? Yeah. They may be playing for the Champions League semis or the finals around that time. Uh, you know, I mean, all right, it's possible Re- they don't even play us. Like, and they'll, they'll have won the league like three weeks before. I mean, you know, so it's it's really tough. Rewind, rewind a little bit. I think I, I hinted at this earlier in the podcast. Who is the one player this season who you would love to triple captain regardless of double game week fixtures? Mo Salah. Exactly. So Mo Salah in game week 34, a home, a home match to uh, Bournemouth. Or, as I was saying, just spend your triple captain in the game week in which you think the best player has the best points potential. And because we have a player like Mo Salah who's just guaranteed – He's yep. locked in. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost makes the double game weeks in this art in this way we're framing this argument moot. You don't have to play the double games for the triple captain. You're playing Mo Salah, and you're playing in which in which week does he have the best fixture? I know. It just it would be so sickening if he was rested for like the second leg of the yeah the Man City <laughs> Champions League fixture or played one minute and got one point or something. I guess okay. that's unlikely. He plays like he, he always plays. I'll um, never forget. It was the yeah. game week that I finally ha- had to break and bring Salah in. I was like so late to the party when he came in as a as a sub. I forget against who in like the seventies. Stoke yeah. and and he just put two away and like it's amazing. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually Ben, who's in second place in our league, captained him that week, and I was like, oh, we're going to make up some ground on him. Um, and then I think he picked up 15 points. Uh, Sumant Nakar, uh, so to answer your question, um, uh, I think I would rather have Vardy. Oh, God, I don't know. You know what? I can't answer this question. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's too tight. I really think that yeah. – I think Lukaku is actually the more conservative, sensible move. In general, the more conservative, sensible move is the move to make. So I would go with right. Lukaku. I would make sure I had Mares, but I would definitely, which it sounds like he already does. Yeah. Um, so I would go with um, Lukaku over Vardy. Right. So what we were saying about Salah is if you're pinning a triple captain to just one fixture, you're higher risk. If you right. pin it to Lukaku in two fixtures, the guy who's like not missed a single minute this season, I don't think, uh, at least hasn't been rested, you're just lowering the risk uh you're increasing the odds of return. So I think I agree. Lukaku is the way to go. Uh, Medweds with an interesting question. Uh, Medwords, that is. Uh, is Czech and Smalling a better option than David De Gea and Mustafi? No. Yep. That's a big no. Uh, <laughs> De- uh, Peter Czech is bad and doesn't make saves anymore. Uh, yeah. Mustafi has a bit of goal threat and even like a little bit of assist threat. He's, he's kind of sneaky good with the 
with the ball. I've, I've actually, Mustafi has been like the only defender. I, I guess, um, I don't know how to rate Monreal. I mean, as an Arsenal fan now, unless as a fantasy person, but I'm, I'm tr- how to rate Monreal. I mean, he doesn't really play defense anymore. He's sort he's of a just, strange player. He's a strange there's year a, for him. It's a it's bit a of weird. Van Anhalt about him. Yeah, I know. It is weird. You're like, well, like, they conceded four goals, but he did score one. So, you know, it's strange. Uh, it's a strange one. I get, yeah, we both agree. David DeHaan, Mustafi. Final lightning round question. Peter Oleski, son or William? Wow, these questions are getting easier, not harder. Yeah, we haven't even uh, talked I, about William. I, I'm not sold on this whole thing with Willian. I mean, we don't. Have, there's no argument. Willian is a terrific player. Uh, he's great on Chelsea. The fact remains that he's still a rotation threat, and also that the the attack for Chelsea is mercurial. Right. You don't know how they're going to play, when they're going to show up or not. You can't really. Right bank on it whereas son you know exactly how he's going to play maybe he doesn't return but you still know how he's going to play and you generally know in Kane's absence he's going to be nailed all right so uh god help us brandon we are we are out on willian and we're done answering wildcard double game week questions briefly before we leave game week 32 let's take a quick oh look god. at it, brandon there's a game week happening I know, I know. So <laughs> this, is, this is ludicrous. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot of Saturday fixtures. We have eight fixtures on Saturday. Um, that is Jeepers. that is a lot. N- none on Jeepers. Monday. That's that's a real. So uh, we've got uh, the early fixture is Palace. I, I don't want to go fixture by fixture here, but we got. Um, let's talk about just let's just talk about captains and possible transfers. Uh, Liverpool. Okay, it's captain options. I think. Let's see. I see one. I see two possible captain options just at first glance. Maybe, maybe, okay, I see three. Okay, the three that I see are uh, Mo Salah in the early fixture, um, way to Crystal Palace, um, Romelu Lukaku at home to Swansea, and Aubameyang at home to Stoke. That's, that's on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think Lukaku is only in the discussion just because of the wild card that people actually are now bringing in Lukaku. Nobody's really right. owned him up to this point right. in the season. I think the sensible move is Mo Salah. Um, I yeah. don't love captaining players in the early Saturday fixture. Maybe that's a dumb superstition, but that's kind of how I feel. But I, I probably will do that. If I end up bringing Aubameyang in, it's going to be really tempting. That that could yeah. be like a Friday night. Like, let's see how drunk I get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, I think this is a tough decision. Mm-hmm. It's the early fixture coupled with the fact that it's an away fixture for Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, all, all that said, it's it's still solid. Like going back to what we were saying like 10 minutes ago, it's just, yeah. it's money in the bank. Yeah I, yeah, I think so too. I mean, Chelsea and Spurs play. It'd be fun to go with Sun, but uh, Spurs are away. I actually would think about burning four to bring in Sun if they weren't playing away to Chelsea and uh, in this, this fixture. I want to ask you about Bournemouth-Watford. So um, you have Wilson. Yeah. And a lot of people coming out of 31 have guys like Junior Stanislaus. Maybe they drafted in a Bournemouth defender. Yeah. How do you think they shape up against Watford? Who, like, is has anyone heard from Miguel Brito since that Liverpool game? Is he dead? <laughs> I know. I mean, or is it just yeah. his career that's dead? That, like, that holy was, crap. That was tough. Uh, I mean, I feel terrible about Wilson. Um, and, you know, it's funny, actually, before this podcast started, I was looking at the Game Week 32 fixtures and trying to decide if there was anyone that I would be willing to burn four points to bring in. Um, no one no one blows me away. The, the Glenn Murray, actually, is the one who, I, who I'd who be interested in. 
Um, if he didn't, if he didn't have a blank in game week 35, I might be tempted. Um, so I'd be kind of looking at a player, you know, I really want all my transfers to be geared towards double game week 37 players. So, yeah. you know, I'd have to bring in a, a Newcastle striker, which, um, God, like, <laughs> no, who would I even bring in? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I guess mean, Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale, I guess, who is I that, mean, is that what it's come to Josh? I, I do not want to bring in Dwight That's Gale. Like, really. Now we have to have an intervention with he you. Doesn't, he doesn't, like, never even plays the full 90, you know? So it's just, yeah, I, I don't want Dwight Gale. Um, yeah, so it's, I guess I probably stuck with Wilson. I, I almost hope he gets injured. Like I would just, I would just <laughs> like him to get injured in the next couple. And I mean, not like a long-term injury. I, he seems like a nice guy, but just like a, <laughs> like a little, like hurts his, hurts his ankle. Can't play for a couple weeks. And then I could just burn four, feel good about it. Bring just gets in, a really bad Charlie horse. Exactly. Bring in Glenn Murray, you know, um, so what do you think? Yeah. What do we think about Manchester city here? They've got the. The late kickoff on Saturday, yeah. away to Everton. Yeah, uh, we're all we're all playing our wild. A lot of us are playing our wild cards. Yeah. Still not sure where we are with Man City. Right it's now. a really rough spot for me um, having having two Everton players and no wild card. I, I you know, I may end up playing Baines and Walcott in this game, um, and I guess just hoping for. And, and I may have three players in this game, right? Because I'll have Sterling too. So yeah. I guess I'll be hoping for an Everton penalty. I, I don't expect anything out of those three players. I, this game week it could be kind of rough for me. Um, so I, I'm actually I, I, I'm considering burning four um, to bring in uh, to bring in a replacement for Theo Walcott. I don't love any of my options though. I just don't see if I didn't have Mkhitaryan, I probably would make that move. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, who am I bringing in? Like Arnatovich, like. Okay, like he's got a good fixture get home to Southampton, but then they play away to Chelsea in game week 33. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't really know what I'm going to do there. I'm probably not going to burn four, and I'm just going to roll with this game. And I'm just going to hope that Everton somehow plays well at home to Man City. It could happen. I mean, they have a certain amount of magic at, right. at Goodison Park. It's possible. Um, and then transfers, yeah. So uh, the, the transfer I'm, I'm, you know, really leading towards right now is, uh, is Kane to Aubameyang. Um, kind of the obvious uh, transfer, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. And then the question is whether I burn four or not. So obviously you're in your wild card, so um, different for you. Yeah, I, there's a lot of tinkering to happen. I'm still just adjusting to the new fixture list for my wild card. But yeah, it's kind of shifted from the Aubameyang model to the Lukaku model at yeah. this point. So I'm I'll seriously be sizing up a Lukaku captaincy against the better angels of my nature. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you're, you're thinking Lukaku then over over Salah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, there, I am totally prone to the the uh, Saturday goal rush. The the excitement is is mm-hmm. peak there. Yeah, there are going to be goals. I mean, uh, yeah. look at what is six fixtures happening simultaneously. Yeah. Goals are going to be flying in. I know. I might. I, I might, I might have crossed. to talk to my wife see if I can. See if I can arrange for a little uh, a little black horse trip on Saturday. So arrange it, yeah, arrange yeah, it, Josh. Do it for that. the cheaters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, that is your podcast. If you'd like to support the cheaters, visit Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, we really appreciate the support. The Patreon uh, helps pay for uh, the website costs. It helps pay for. Um, uh, 
you know, the, uh, the hosting the MP3 hosting files, the, justifying to our family the amount of you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how much how many hours I spent just putting together the running order for this podcast. So it's really um, it, it helps to just justify uh, all the time and effort, and we really appreciate all of the Patreon supporters um, and. Uh, you know, we have a really active uh, supporter community and uh, at any at all different pledge levels, and um, uh, it's very much appreciated. So we have bonus podcasts, and um, uh, we also have the Slack for the um, the top two tiers of support. So, um, yeah, anything you can do is appreciated. If you don't want to do that, uh, which is which is fine, uh, we will. That's yeah, fine. It's completely fine. Um, That's cool. You can uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, we've been getting some very nice iTunes reviews. I think mostly because I was, I was so depressed because we got a one star a while ago that we got like this flood of people who generously. Wow. You uh, went to a dark place, man. I was. You 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 brush that stuff off more easily than I do. It, it bummed me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> so um, and where else, Brendan? They can find us online. Yeah, we are online. We're active everywhere. Uh, find us on SoundCloud.com/slash Always Cheating. Or follow us on Twitter. We're a good hang on Twitter, especially during the matches, sure. especially if Josh is having a good game week during the matches. It does help the tweets. Go to twitter.com slash hail cheaters and find the podcast at facebook.com slash always cheating. And as always, if you zoned out, if you didn't write any of that down the last minute, mm-hmm. just go to alwayscheating.com. Very easy to remember. And everything you need is right there. A link to our Patreon, a link to where you can subscribe to the podcast, all that wherever stuff. Wherever you go, whatever you do, alwayscheating.com will be right there waiting for you, Brandon. <laughs> where if you look back and you see just one set of footprints. <laughs> Actually, you'd see you'd see two set of footprints because one would be uh, Josh's and the other would be mine. <laughs> That's right. That's what we Actually, you know, you'd see you'd see you'd see six foot you'd see three sets of footprints. One will be Josh's. The the other set would be mine, and and the third would be Muhammad Salah. I was actually thinking it would be Lord Sorlot or our um, the patron saint of the podcast who was uh, carrying our teams to victory. Not actually in our squads, of course. <laughs> but Sorlot doesn't leave footprints. He, he kind of flies through the sky mm, like Superman. True. Anyway, uh, on that note, uh, good luck this weekend, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Good luck with your wild cards, everybody. Cheers. Oh!